Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and yep, this is it. This is the end of season 15 of South Park. But before we say goodbye to season 15 of South Park, there's one more episode to discuss, and that is The Poor Kid. And this is an interesting episode for so many reasons, and I just think we should dive into this right now because there's oh, there's a lot to talk about. So let's get into this week's episode, the finale to season 15 of South Park, The Poor Kid. The episode originally aired on November 16th, 2011, and was written and directed by Trey Parker. Our episode begins at Kenny's house. Well, I wonder how often I get to say that on this show. Probably not that much. I'll go with that. So, at Kenny's house... Kenny's brother is fighting with his dad while his mom is holding his sister. And Kenny's watching this reality TV show that's sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon called White Trash in Trouble. So what they do on this show is they go around the country basically arresting white trash. That's basically the concept of it. So Kenny watches the episode and... He notices the house. House looks familiar. Then he looks in the backyard. Notices there's a meth lab. Then he notices the police are at a door. Oh wait, it's their house. Yep, their house. And Kenny's parents get arrested. Before, one of them says the catchphrase, I'm white trash and I'm in trouble. Ting! So, Kenny's parents have been arrested. And because of this, Kenny, his older brother, and his younger sister, whose names will be revealed in a moment, are now going to be placed in a foster home. But before they do that, they are taken to the police station, and they're taken into what is like a a care room, a soft room is the name of it. And in there are really scary pictures of clowns. And in comes their caseworker, Mr. Adams. And Mr. Adams lays down joke after joke after joke about the Penn, sca- the Penn State sex scandal. And I mean, there's even one where it's like, well, you got three choices. You could go to Neverland Ranch, you could go to a Catholic church, or you could go to Penn State. So, for those that are a little bit young, or may not remember this whole situation, this scandal is about the Penn State football program, and in particular, an old assistant coach named Jerry Sandusky. The story became public in March 2011, and 
this went on for a long time where Sandusky was indicted on 52 counts of child molestation stemming from incidents that occurred between 1994 and 2009. Jerry Sandusky was sentenced to a minimum of 30 years and a maximum of 60 years in prison. Basically, he is in jail for the rest of his life. And this became a snowball effect for so many things. Because the head coach at Penn State is Joe Paterno, who hired Sandusky, was an assistant to Paterno for so many years, and was kind of, in a way, kind of one of Joe Paterno's right-hand men. And Paterno, to the day until he died, said he never knew anything about it. The president at Penn State said that he never knew anything about it. And this became such a big thing because what happened is eventually Joe Paterno was fired from his position as the head coach of Penn State. And, you know, the the president of the college... I think lost his job as well. Neither one of them served any jail time. But this was a very bad situation because the college was in support of Joe Paterno. And there were people who you know, were against everything that had happened. And so many things went down. Like It became pretty nasty at Penn State. So, the punishment that Penn State got um, was probably the biggest punishment any program got since the infamous SMU scandal of 1987 where they got the death penalty. So, Penn State's punishment ended up being five years probation, a four-year postseason ban, Vacating wins from 1998 to 2011. That was 112 wins. They were stripped of their conference titles. They removed 111 wins from Paterno's record, dropping him from 1st to 12th on the all-time wins list. A $60 million fine with the proceeds going toward an endowment for preventing child abuse. Loss of a total of 40 initial scholarships from 2013 to 2017. During that same period, the college was to be limited to 65 total scholarships, only two more than a Division I FCS school was allowed. Penn State was required to adopt all recommendations for reform in the free report, and Penn State was was entered into an athletics integrity agreement with the NCAA and Big Ten, appoint a university-wide athletic compliance officer and compliance counsel, and accepted an NCAA-appointed athletic integrity monitor for the duration of its probation. Now, eventually, some of the sanctions were rescinded, such as the scholarships, 
and the number of wins that Joe Paterno had. So Joe Pa, which was his nickname, ended up being once again the winningest college football coach in NCAA history. But the effects of this were so big and so bad that it took Penn State a long time to recover from this. And one of the things that I remember about the whole Penn State situation, and then especially when Joe Paterno was fired, was Ashton Kutcher, who at the time was a big user of Twitter. I mean, he was a huge, huge user of Twitter. I kind of think of him as... In a way, how Donald Trump used Twitter before he got kicked out. Ashton Kutcher, the night that Joe Paterno got fired, made a comment on Twitter about how dare Penn State fire their head coach. He's a legend, blah, 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 blah. Boy, did he get a backlash from that. Such a backlash. And it was so bad that he inevitably deleted his Twitter account. And to the best of my knowledge, and we'll we'll check right now, he has at, at the time he had he said that he was done with Twitter. He was never going back to Twitter. So let's let's see if he has held true to his word. Has he stayed off of Twitter? Let's see. Nope, he's back. He's on Twitter. I I would believe. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah, he's on Twitter. So, yeah, he didn't uh, stay off of Twitter forever. Plus, he's got that nice picture of Mila Kunis with him. Lucky bastard. Anyway, so because of this... Kenny is gone, and he's no longer at the school. So Cartman is trying to figure out who the new poor kid is in town. Who's the new poor kid of the school? And he thinks, oh, it's Craig. Craig is the new poor kid. And Cartman starts to make a lot of your mama jokes. Which... To be honest, we all go through them in our childhood. It gets to a point where it's like, okay, we're not doing these meal mama jokes anymore. I mean, it's funny every once in a while, but still. So meanwhile, Kenny and his siblings, whose names are Kevin and Karen. See, you guys thought I was going to forget their names. They are taken to their new foster care home. And they are at this house, the family called the Weatherheads. And the Weatherheads are an agnostic couple. Yep. They may or may not believe in a god. They may or may not believe in everything that's in the Bible. So they have all these other kids there. And they've basically taught them to be agnostic. And the only thing that they are allowed to drink is Dr. Pepper. 
because no one is certain if Dr. Pepper is root beer or if it is soda. So I got to give him credit. That Okay, that was funny. Meanwhile, Cartman is in the computer lab with Butters where they look up to see who is the poorest kid in school. And after doing all the research, it ends up being Cartman. Cartman is now the new poor kid in school. So he is afraid that people are going to find out that he is the new poor kid in school. And he thinks that Kyle is going to be the one to tell him. So he starts calling him, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And Kyle's like, my name is not Kyle. So as we transition back to the Weatherhead's home, Karen is crying in her sleep. She's sad. She misses her mom, like any young girl would. When all of a all of a sudden, a mysterious figure stands on the window ledge. It's Mysterion. Mysterion is back, and Karen thinks that Mysterion is her guardian angel. So this is going to lead to something in a little bit. Cartman then has a discussion with his mom talking about how they are the poor family and Carmen's mom is like well we're not really that much poorer than any other family here in the town so what does Cartman do to get out of this whole situation well apparently he gets his mother arrested by saying that she's doing meth and Cartman is dressed in a Hawaiian shirt, thinking that the foster care system will take him to Hawaii. That is his preferred choice. Yeah. So he meets up with Mr. Adams, and we get back and forth of the Penn State jokes and the Yo Mama jokes. And it's just, oh boy. So Cartman finds out that, well, he's not actually going to Hawaii he's going to Greeley where the sign says welcome to Greeley we're not really Hawaii so he ends up at the same foster home as Kenny and his siblings so now Cartman is like meme can I call you meme and the the dad gives like this speech about we are agnostic and you have to follow these rules and there's even a point where like Cartman yells at the lady and he's like dad's yelling at me and she's like I'm not you're me so they go to the elementary school which has a bunch of cows on the front yard of the school and Cartman is scared because you know, they're now in a foster home. They, He thinks that he's now the new poor kid. Well, actually, they're not because there's a lot of foster kids here. And, in fact, there's one kid that is so poor that his dad passed away and his mom has gone insane that she can't get any jobs. And here's this poor little boy sitting on the steps eating what looks to be a bread sandwich. There's no meat, no cheese, no nothing on it. So, Cartman, realizing that he's not the poor kid in school, 
starts dancing and singing a song about how he is not the poor kid in school. Well, that gets him sent to the principal's office. This gets him sent to the principal's office, and he says that he did a 20-minute song about not being the poor kid in school, and he ended being with his performance with fireworks. So, because of this, his caseworker gets called in, and we get more Penn State jokes, yo mama jokes. As I'm sitting there trying to get through this, there's something happening outside of the playground. Karen is in trouble. There's this bully there, and she wants Karen's doll. Well, no one's going to save her. But wait a minute. Here's Mysterion to the rescue. Yay. He's mated. So he beats up the bully, and and he tells this bully... Karen McCormick is off limits. So, he makes his way out with Karen climbing up the side of the building. And that leads to the final act. And this gets to be very interesting. So, they're at the table being served dinner. And, you know, the the dad is doing the prayer. And talking about how there may or may not be angels. Not really sure. And they say, Amen. And then one of the kids is like, Except for Karen's guardian angel. And they talk about how they saw this you know, this guardian angel, Mysterion. So the dad gets upset, and they tell them to go to the punishment room. And what is the punishment room? Well, you are held up by your wrists, feet in the air, and you're being shot... With a keg of Dr. Pepper. And basically it is to make the children say, well, I'm not really sure if this exists or not. So this goes on and then all of a sudden, here's Cartman with Mr. Adams. And he sees the house and he sees what's going on. And then there's a sound upstairs. The parents get to the room. And there are all these question marks painted on. And then there's a note on the window. And it says, look in the fridge. So, they go to the fridge. And the fridge is completely empty of everything. There is no Dr. Pepper in the fridge. But there is, however, one Pap's Blue Ribbon. (coughs) So, Mr. and Mrs. Weatherhead each take a couple drinks, and then the next thing you know, they are both arrested and are taken away. And the kids are taken away from them. And Mr. Adams, realizing he has made a terrible mistake with where he placed the kids, tells them to put them back with their original parents. And then Cartman gets arrested for a false report. And you think, okay, this is the end of the episode. But it is not. Because Kenny comes back to school. 
and Cartman comes back to school. And Cartman starts singing a song about how he's not the poor kid in school when all of a sudden this giant dinosaur-like bird breaks the roof of the school, grabs Kenny, basically kills Kenny, and eats Kenny, and then Cartman realizes he is, again, the poorest kid in school, and that is the end of the poor kid, and that is the end of season 15 of South Park. Holy cow. That ending, I'm going to be real honest. That ending took me by surprise. Because again, you know, the, the thing with this podcast that I really enjoy is there are going to be episodes that you remember and there are going to be episodes that you, you know, don't remember. Like you saw it and then like you maybe kind of forgot about it. This is one of, like, I remember most of the episode. Like, I remember the Dr. Pepper. I remember the family. I remember that. But I didn't remember the ending. And that actually made the ending good, to be honest. Because it was just so absurd, so out of left field, that you kind of didn't see it coming. Um, as far as this episode goes, as far as the episode goes, it's a good episode. The story is there. It's a good story. You know, Kenny's parents, who have been for years, like, dirt poor, the bottom of the barrel family, get arrested. And their kids are taken away. And it's like their actions have finally caught up. And they get placed in a home that is ad, as worse or even worse than what they originally had. And then Cartman kind of gets the same punishment, but kind of realizing that, in a way, I kind of had it good before, you know, I made this decision. The problem with this episode, and I'm going to explain why I didn't, or where it went wrong for me. Are the constant Penn State jokes and your mama jokes? Now, let me let me say this right off the bat. What happened at Penn State is a tragedy. I feel absolutely terrible for all the people that were abused by Jerry Sandusky. This was one of the biggest stories at the time, and it crossed all media. It wasn't just sports. It was the nightly news. It was late shows. It was everything. But to have been given Penn State jokes almost every 20 seconds, it just got old. And then the Yo Mama jokes, which like I said, sometimes they can be good, sometimes they aren't, just got old and i'm not saying that you know like yo mama jokes are old and they're bad they're not because some yo mama jokes can be good it's just when you do it over and over and over again 
it gets old. So, I'm gonna punish this episode with the constant jokes, the, the constant Penn State jokes and the constant Yo Mama jokes. If they didn't repeat those often, this might be an eight. But because they did, and it just got so tired, you know, I was just tired of the jokes. I'm giving this a six. It's a good episode. It's a good way to end the season. It's a good story, good way to end the season. But after like the fourth or fifth Penn State joke, and then after the third or fourth Yo Mama joke, it just got old. So I am giving this a six. Okay, two production notes. In the commentary for the episode, Trey Parker said they went through several ideas of the Foster family, rejecting ideas of sending Kenny to a rich family or a family in it for the money before settling on the militant agnostics. This is the first episode where Kenny's siblings are named. And actually, that's another thing I want to mention real quick, is we only see Kevin in the beginning. After he is taken to the foster home, we never see him again. Did he run away? I'm kind of wondering if he ran away or not. Maybe he did. I don't know. Now, the episode prominently features Dr. Pepper, which commentators have noticed is often featured in the show's background. And that's a very good observation because I have seen that a lot. So, good job there. Okay, now to the reception. Ryan McGee of the AV Club graded this a B-. While he thought the Mysterion Karen plot gave the episode true pathos, he thought Adam's jokes seemed recycled and the parody of agnostics were funny but par for the course in terms of South Park's treatment of religion and not very relevant. Katie McGlynn of the Huffington Post and Ali Semigram of Entertainment Weekly enjoyed the episode's take on the Penn State uh, child sex scandal complimenting the show's creators on satirizing the manor without coming across as insensitive and for mocking not only the scandal, but the manner in which Cartman rebuked the jokes for merely recycling old Catholic jokes. Now, again, I, okay, I want to go back to the Penn State jokes. Th- they are right. Katie and Allie are right. Those jokes were not insensitive. I absolutely agree. It's just, for the love of God, can we please go to another joke? Lindsay Barr of Split Cider also thought initially that the Penn State and Yo Mama jokes were lacking and the plot jumpy and convoluted, but then perceived that to be the point of the episode, opinioning that the final act was poignant and the episode the most self-reflective since the mid-season finale. Johnny Firecloud of Crave Online gave the episode an 8 out of 10, feeling that it was an improvement over the previous episode and said of its treatment of the Penn State matter... Parker and Stone seem well within their lampooning grounds with this one, without trying to put a larger socio-political statement on an issue in which there is very little gray area. Firecloud characterized the episode's closing moments as solid, old-school Kenny death finish. Bravo. Ramsey Eisler of IGN was disappointed that the McCormick siblings' placement in foster care turned out not to be a big turning point for Kenny, but simply another joke of the week. 
Eisler felt, however, that it was a decent episode with a long string of small but enjoyable gags, in particular those that poked fun at the rote repetition of stale jokes and the treatment of agnosticism, which he found to be fresh. And finally, Shirley Galdino of the Secular Humanist League of Brazil... Yes, this is a real thing. The Secular Humanist League of Brazil welcomed the depiction of the weatherheads in the episode saying, Someone finally satirizes the agnostics for once. Um, I do want to, one more thing I want to go back on, then I'm going to get to IMDB. I, you know, I was watching the end and I was thinking, oh, we're going to have a season where Kenny doesn't die because Kenny dies like once in a season. And then here at the very last scene, like you're this close and you're thinking, okay, Kenny's going to get away scot-free. He's not going to be killed this season. Here comes that big bird just chomping away and just eating him. And it's like, wow, they got me. They got me. Again, I loved that last scene. That is a great way to end an episode. But the episode, but the, like I said, the ending was great. The episode was good. It was just all the Yo Mama jokes and the Penn State jokes just being shoved down my throat. Good God Almighty. Let's go to IMDb, see what they thought of this episode. Of over 1,900 people, or 1,900 users of IMDb, the average rating for this episode is a 7.9 out of 10, a little bit higher than I thought it would be. 616 people gave it an 8, 369 people gave it a 10, 106 people gave it a 6, that's the score I'm giving this episode, and 36 people gave it a 1. To break it into demographics, the average rating for males is a 7.8, with its highest demographic being both under 18 and 18 to 29, with an average rating of an 8.2. For females, the average rating is an 8.1, with its highest demographics being 18 to 29 and 45 and over, with an average rating of an 8.5. I do want to mention, however, that in the under 18 category for females, there is one person that gave it a 10. I'm not going to count that on the basis that only one person voted in that area. All right, so now that gone through that, let's read the user reviews and see what they thought of this finale. Going to start off with Ahmed, who wrote... This episode is the 15th season finale. It starts with Kenny's parents being arrested for their meth lab and general drunkenness on a television show called White Trash in Trouble. Kenny, along with his siblings, are sent to foster care by the caseworker, Mr. Adams, who just can't keep making an endless string of jokes about the Penn State rape abuse scandal. They're sent to live with the agnostic weatherheads who are foster parents for a lot of kids in Greeley, Colorado, which is apparently the exact opposite of Hawaii. The kids can only drink one beverage. Well, two. Dr. Pepper and Diet Dr. Pepper. Because it's not root beer, nor cola. No one quite knows what it is. Yeah, it's like that. 
Being a Protective Services caseworker for Protective Services, I've encountered plenty of Mr. Adams and plenty of foster parents like the Weatherheads. The fact that South Park treats all the Penn State jokes as though they're stale makes the satire pretty fresh. Agnosticism rarely gets made fun of either. Those are a lot of things that make the episode fairly refreshing. The white trash and trouble stuff is great too. I would have rated this episode a 7 out of 10 if not for the splendid ending. Goodbye, Kenny. Till next season, that is. Alright, next review is from, wait a minute, Rain Dog Jr. Oh my gosh, we haven't heard from him in forever. Let's see what Rain Dog Jr. thought of this episode. Following the magnificent trilogy of episodes featuring Mysterion from season 14, the last show of season 15 is a proof that the cool Kenny as a superhero stuff ain't over yet. This nice finale features a scene that has to be one of the sweetest moments in the history of the show. And yes, it deals with Mysterion. The poor kid feels at the same time as something we have seen plenty of times before, especially since it offers typical Cartman material. An episode from season 14, Poor and Stupid, had two Cartman's poverty being exposed. This time we have Kenny being taken away from his white trash parents and therefore Cartman becoming the poorest kid around. Of course nobody cares with the exception of Cartman himself. It's definitely a situation that could have been explored long ago. I mean, there's even an entire season almost without Kenny. There's a nice reference to this at the ending of the episode. There are good moments, but like this one, but ultimately, the poor kid can't compete with other similar Cartman shows like the classic Ginger Kids, similar because in both Cartman becomes what he hates. There's this thing of having many variations of the same joke with Cartman and other minor new characters. It's a sort of hit and miss situation with some laughs, but nothing quite memorable. The first episode of this season, Human Sentipad, and its many variations of the same joke actually worked better. It's overall a funnier Cartman versus his mom show. Huh, never thought of it like that. So, The Poor Kid is a decent South Park, perhaps just worth watching for the nice addition to the already fantastic Mysterion mythology. Well, it's fun, but if you want a great Cartman show, it's better to check out any of the mentioned ones. And the final review is from Marm56231, who wrote, Kenny must have felt he was dying when he was adopted by these adoptive parents he didn't like, but this funny will especially be funny for the agnostic South Park fans like myself. Um, I mean, yeah, they did a good job, I thought, making fun of the agnostic people and... Like I said, just the story was good. It was there. It just... Those jokes. Oh, those jokes. Okay, so now that we have made it to the end of season 15, now for my thoughts on this season. And in a way, it's kind of a disappointing season, to be honest with you. I mean, there are some good episodes, and... There's one great episode in You're Getting Old, which I think is the best episode of the entire season. And to be completely honest, if I was Trey Parker and Matt Stone looking back on it now, that would have been the one that I would have used to be nominated for an Emmy 
not Crack Baby Athletic Association. There are times where there are hits and there are misses with this season. Is it the best season? Obviously not. Is it the worst season? It is far from the worst season. But there are just some episodes at times where I just felt like, eh, you know, we're not at the South Park that we used to be at. And it kind of makes it interesting for this next season that's going to be coming up. What will season 16 be like? We're going into 2012. It's a very interesting time because it is another election year for the United States. And this is also the year that the Mayans apparently predicted would be the end of the world. So are we going to be mentioning that? We'll have to see in season 16. But as far as season 15 goes, I would say the three best episodes of the entire season all happened back to back to back. You're getting old, Asperger's, and Last of the Mexicans were the three best episodes of the entire season, and they all came in order. Pretty good idea. Pretty good job all around. One episode that I will recommend, just because I really enjoyed it, was Royal Pudding. I talked about the story of watching it and that whole week, which you guys can check out in the archives. To follow the show on Twitter, it is SharksPond97. That's all you have to type, and you'll follow the show. And you can join the Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast, where you can join other fans of South Park to discuss past, present, and future episodes. Next time around, it is the start of Season 16 of South Park. And this is a biggie because not only for the things that I mentioned, but this is the final season where they do 14 episodes. So after this season, we're done with 14 episode seasons. We're going straight to 10. So the next time around, going to start Season 16 with... Reverse Cowgirl. That is next time on Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you've enjoyed this review of Season 15 of South Park.